I remember reading with breathless fascination the Mars novels of Edgar Rice Burroughs. I journeyed with John Carter, gentleman adventurer from Virginia, to Barsoom, as Mars was known by its inhabitants. Wandering among the beasts of burden called Thotes, winning the hand of the lovely Dejah Thoris, princess of Helium, and befriending a 10-foot high green fighting man named Tars Tarkas as the moons of Mars hurtled overhead on a summer's evening on Barsoom. Dateline Jessoom is next on the Gridley Wave Network. From the Chicago Bureau of the Barsoomian Blade. Dateline Jessoom. The Panthen Press Production. For fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure. That was Carl Sagan, of course, in his Cosmos episode, Blues for a Red Planet. Welcome to show 23, and I have a little bit of a treat for you, I think. This is the audio from Hardcover Theater's production of A Princess of Mars. I do not know why I should be afraid of dying. I have died twice and am still alive. Nevertheless, I have the same horror of death as you do, you who have never died. My name is John Carter. During the War of Northern Aggression, I fought in defense of the state of Virginia. After Gettysburg, my army was gone, my home was gone, my family. But I was rich. I had $300,000 Confederate money. So, I traveled west to Arizona to try my fortune prospecting for gold. And that is where my story begins. Because that is where I died. The first time I died. A band of Apaches had been pursuing me. I had two revolvers, a carbine, and plenty of ammunition. I was prepared to sell my life dearly. But it was not at the hands of the Apaches that I met my death. In fact, I don't know how I died, except one moment there was a strange sound behind me and a strange odor in the air. And the Apaches were fleeing in fear. And the next moment, I was standing over my own body looking down upon it. And it was dead. I was dead. I cannot be dead, I thought. If I was dead, I would not be irresistibly drawn to the mouth of the cave where, looking out over the Arizona desert, I could see a red pinprick burning in the sky. Mars, a planet named for the god of war. As I gazed, it seemed to call to me from across the unthinkable void to attract me like arms of a lodestone. My eyes closed. And I felt myself drawn across the trackless immensity of space.
Boss, the red dirt under my knees can mean nothing else. I stood up. It sprang three yards into the air. I took a step and left 20 feet. I tried to walk and found myself hopping madly out of control. My muscles were perfectly attuned to the earth, but here on Mars they're too strong. I shall have to learn to use my body all over again. There. That's better. The creatures were 15 feet tall. Staring eyes on the side of their head. Tusks bristling from their jaws. They had four long arms. One pair branching out of the neck. The other branching out of the waist. In their forehand they held long spears tipped with gleaming metal. And rifles with long silvery barrels. One of them made a move toward me. I must have left a hundred feet. Toss me! They picked me up and dragged me across the barren landscape into a city of abandoned buildings. Our chieftain's camp was in the plaza. That was where we pitched our tents. Nine or ten hundred of us swarming in the dead city. Tars, Tars, Jack, Dotar, Soja, Padma, Tars, Tars, Jack, Dristakavantamoni, Oiskatrera, Tersolemoku, Stakamuvantamoni, Stakamuvantamoni.
not care for being told what to do. But at this moment, I do not have another plan. Quiet! The female led me into a nearby building with fading mosaics on the walls. The pictures and the, the figures in the pictures resembled humans. Could there be humans on those? In any case, this building was not built by the green people. The scale is all wrong. Ceilings and doorways too low. Disa! What is this hideous thing? I can't jump away from it. I'll smash myself on the ceiling. to attack me, but if I try to leave the room, I understand. I'm a prisoner here, and you're a dog, a monstrous Martian watchdog with ten legs. I was later informed that the beast is called a cattle, and this one's name is Bula. Bula. In the days that followed, I learned the hard ways of my captors. Sola, the female who had taken me to my room, acted as my caretaker and tutor. The Martian language is simple, and a major part of it is mental telepathy. Sola taught me how to speak and how to read the minds of the green people. But it was a strange thing. We could never read his mind if he chose to shut it off from us. We are the green ones of Ma, of the Empire of Fuck, of the tribe of Tars, Tartus, Jeddah! These people are immense, but their muscles are made for a low gravity. If they were suddenly transported to Earth, I'm convinced they cannot lift their own weight from the ground. From birth, we know no mother love. Defective specimens are shot. As infants, the first thing we hold in our hands are weapons. They are remarkably violent. Not one thought can a thousand dies from sickness, disease, or old age. We die fighting in war or in duel or by murder. For them, life is a hard, pitiless struggle upon a dying planet. What? We love laughter. We love pleasure. What makes us laugh? The death agonies of a fellow being. What pleases us? To inflict death in horrible ways. We don't know Without gun, sword, and spear. A duck without a weapon is a duck who will die soon. There seemed to be a strong sentiment in favor of killing me. <laughs> but Tars Tarkas, the chieftain or jet of the tribe, placed me under his protection temporarily. In a short season, we shall travel to the city of Thark. There, Tal Hages, Jedek of all Tharks, will sit in judgment. On this jumping man, John Carter. In the meantime, I was their prisoner. Soon I was allowed to leave my room with Wool as my constant companion and jailkeeper. He did not interfere with me unless I got too near the edge of the dead city. 
then he stood in my way and would not budge. Do you realize how hideous you are? Is there a kind heart behind that ugly face? I do not believe the creature has ever been touched with a kind hand. Are you watching over me because you love me? <laughs> I tried to escape from him by jumping. But Callus are the fastest running beasts on Mars, and he was back by my side in no time at all. Then one day, a thought occurred to me. If I didn't keep my muscles under control, I could jump three yards in the air just by standing up. How high could I jump if I was trying? That window ledge must be 30 feet above the street. I'll wager I can make it. Upon the 
yet, even at this great distance, I can discern dreams on me, shape like me. Take aim! The beautiful ships began to turn, but it was too late. Fire! We break the decks of the rich ships! Our molly set their banners ablaze! The flagship is coming down! something 
black lieutenant. In this tribe, only I am above you in rank. Your strength, speed, and jumping ability are unmatched. You are a great warrior, perhaps the greatest Barsoom has ever seen. Yet you remain a prisoner and must not escape us. I understand. Now I must think. Not in a thousand years have the thoughts made such a capture as the Red Princess. I must decide what to do with her. Trackless wastes of thoughts. 
and at bottoms of long dry seas. In darkness we moved, and only in darkness. Avoiding the caves of unfriendly eyes, we could not stop to fight. John Carter, a word. It is plain to see how things stand between you and the Red Princess. If you run off with her before I can deliver her to Tal Hages, it is I who shall have to account to him. It is I who shall have to fight him. And I know you will try. But I shall not kill you now, because you have not yet done it. The Red Princess says there is nothing in green men except violence. I want you to know we can also be just. He shame you with his honesty, for it was true. I would have run off with Dejah Force if only I could think of how. We shall stop here for the night! Do you think Tal Hages will hold the Red Princess for ransom? No, he will give her death. Tal Hages always chooses death. <laughs> she is very beautiful. I had hoped they would hold her for ransom. Do not be weak, Sola. Oh, what kind of death do you think Tal Hages will give her? It will be public for the enjoyment of all thoughts. <laughs> I see no reason to kill this red woman. She has never harmed us and never would. It is only the men of her kind who make war, and their hatred of us Maybe no more than a reflection of our hatred of them. Red men are our mortal enemies. Everyone knows this. And yet, they live at peace with one another while we are fighting amongst ourselves. When thoughts meet Warhunians, they fight. When a tribe of thoughts meets another tribe of thoughts, they fight. But even within the tribe of thoughts, there is always fighting. Each of you, take a look at the rest. How many of these would you kill if you could? And how many would kill you? It is sad, Sola, that you weren't born a million years ago, when the hollows of this land were filled with water, and the people were as soft as the stuff they sailed. <laughs> Better than spending one's life swimming in a river of blood. Do not let Tars Tarkins hear you expressing such degenerate sentiments. Let him kill me, then. It would be no worse a fate than continuing to live in this way. My own people do not care for me, John Hunter. I am too unlike them. I am glad to be here with you. Good evening, my princess. What? What did I say? Can it be that you do not know my chieftain? No. Uh, yes. I don't know. John Carter, you are a child, a great warrior, yet a stumbling child. What did I say? Tell me. Someday you may know, but I may not tell you. That is the custom. Enough that you have said it, and I have heard it. And remember, John Carter, when I heard it, I smiled. 
go into my tent until the small moon has crossed the sky. If any of you need anything, there are sentries all around, and Wula is watching you from over there. Why are you so quiet, Agent Forrest? Would you prefer a solo game, Mag? No. I feel happy. I do not know why. You are a stranger, John Carter. Yet when I am with you, I feel as though I shall soon return to Helium, and my father will kiss me upon the cheek. The red people kiss then, on Barsoom. Parents kiss their children, yes, and children their parents. And lovers kiss. Do you have a lover? A man does not ask that question of any woman except for the woman he has fought for and won. And then the answer must be yes because he has asked the question. But until he has claimed her, of course the answer is no. That is the custom! I do not understand your custom, Deja Forrest. What? What did I say? The next morning we arrived at the city of Thark. Like all the cities on the vast Martian plain, Thark had been built by long vanished beings that resembled humans. Now the green people dominated the city with their tents. So, where is the princess? She has been taken to Talahegis. What? Already in his hands? I hastened to the central plaza where a crowd was gathering. What will Talhagis do with the Red Princess? He is thrillingly insane. Quiet. He makes his entrance now. <laughs> Talhagis! Get out! An enormous ransom. But I would rather watch your beautiful face ride in the agony of torture! It shall be long drawn out. That I promise you. Four, six, eight moons of pleasure would not be enough to show the love I harbor for your race. I feared you not. <laughs> you may not fear me, but the terrors of your death will haunt the slumbers of the red men for eons to come. <laughs> Children will shudder in the night when their parents tell them of the awful vengeance of the green men. <laughs> and all the world shall know and tremble before the
don't feel like you have a tongue, princess. Tomorrow the torture will commence. Tonight, you're mine. Take it to my tent! The guard was dead before he could lay a hand on her. Quickly! This way, to the hills! Oh. 
for you. Almighty Jedi, <laughs> this man shall fight and die in the arena. He shall die as your Jedi sees fit. He shall die in the arena. No softness on your part will grant him an easier death. <laughs> if only Wahoom were ruled by a real Jedi. <laughs> Instead of a water-hearted weakling! Never before had I seen the green people do battle with only the weapons nature gave them. They fought like true warriors. They fought the way our ancestors fought. Tearing at each other with their four hands! Digging into each other with their Savagery in the arena. 
Men will have only swords, animals, their teeth, and claws. At the end of the day, a lone victor will stand on top of a heap of corpses. He will go free, while the others go for a journey on Is, the river of death. These great ones love their bloodlettings. There are worse ways to die. But now is not a good time to die. Not for me, not for you, John Carter. One of us must survive and return the princess to the people of Helium. Promise me, if you are the victor, you will never rest until she is brought home. The question is, how can we both survive? Listen, I have a plan. Find out John Carter's plan in the thrilling conclusion to Edgar Rice Burroughs' A Princess of Mars on the next Dateline Jassoon. This adaptation of the novel was written and produced by Steve Schroer for Hardcover Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It stars Jamie Rasmussen as John Carter, Amber Swenson as Deja Thoris, Terry Ellison Bly as Sola, and Jesse Ray as Tars Tarkas. This is the Gridley Wave Network. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. <laughs> But I tell you what you already know, because our banners make claim that we came in peace. There can be no peace between green and red. There can be no peace because you love.